0: And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, moneymatterstoptips.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Rich Behrens on the line, and he's the CEO and Chief Client Fanatic over at Root Inc. Rich, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Adam. Great to be here.
0: All right, so I'm excited to get more into what you're doing over at Root Inc. and how you're helping your clients. But before we do that, let's get a little bit more into your background. how did you get started in business and as an entrepreneur? Uh, yeah,
1: good, 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 good question. You know, I started in business actually. You know, uh, I, I, my, my, my first job was trying to be a professional tennis player um, out of school, and uh, and that didn't work out so well because there's a whole lot of good tennis players out there, as I found out. Um, and so uh, I decided to get into, you know, natural next thing you do, get into banking. And so I decided to get into banking because I, I thought there was a competitive element that I still had in sports, specifically investment banking, and I did that. And to be honest, I, I hated it. I hated just about everything about it, the size, the bureaucracy, the there was a bit of a lack of soul in some instances, and I was like, well, this isn't for me either. And, and so I went back to business school and, and went a completely different direction, and then uh, Found uh, this this small place. that was just a handful of people, and kind of fell in, root ink and fell in love with it, and said, "This, I'm, I'm going to join this and see if we can turn this into something." And that was 22 years ago, and uh, and 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 here we are today with you know a thriving, fun organization that serves clients globally. So my my start was more through failure than through success, and trial and error than through some some wisdom where I knew exactly what I was going to do at 15. Um, that's mm-hmm. kind of my, my my path a little bit, kind of. I gave you sort of the the the, the two-minute version
0: of that that's awesome um and so you know there's some younger uh, entrepreneurs or maybe some you know the new college grads that are a year or two out of school and they're still trying to figure out their way and they may not have wanted to be tennis stars but they may have been thinking of something else and they find themselves in another position um what kind of advice would you give to that that new college grad that's finding themselves in that in that pivot situation you know you know one thing I would
1: do, and this is if you're looking for jobs, so that depending on where you are, it right, might be a bit different if you are in one or if you're looking for one. I think the first thing I'd say when you're looking for one, don't make your first salary the most important thing. I can't tell you how many of my friends when they were looking at and when they were evaluating the job opportunities mm-hmm. they had, were picking the one that that was the most money right away um but the great majority of them were doing something else two years later because they were not happy with what they were doing so so think about. Um, what you're really passionate about and what you have the potential to be really good at. And that's the piece people often forget, right? Because you can be really passionate about something, not be particularly talented at it. But if you're be passionate about something and have it be something that you think you can become really good at or you are really good at, and then just go after it, especially when you're young, right? Because you you don't have a lot of family obligations. You have a lot of freedom. If something doesn't work out, it's not that big of a deal, right? But I think those are probably two key pieces to keep in mind. And if you find yourself in a job where where neither one of those is true, challenge the heck out of yourself, right? Because that is really the time to, to, to play with that and get clear
0: on that. That's awesome. Um, let's switch it up a bit, Rich. Uh, let's get into what you're doing uh, over at Root, Inc. So tell me a little bit more about the company to start, please.
1: Yeah, at the highest level,
0: uh, you know, we, we we got started being strategy guys. And
1: so we would we would consult, you know, executive teams on on where the world was going and, and did a lot of sort of strategic offsites. Um, do those big reports and toast our collective brilliance um, and we'd come back three or six months later to, to see hey, what, what happened to this great thinking we did together and we found that, that stuff is getting stuck, right? And and most strategies were getting not implemented and, and most change initiatives were, were kind of getting in the way and so we we got really passionate excited about that there's got to be a better way, right? That there's got to be this this gap that exists between the, the brightest few in an organization, but the 10 who are dealing with maybe the strategic challenges and then the 50, 100,000 and some of our clients, 50,000 people who are not connected to it. We, we got to be able to bridge that gap because it's, this is where change fails. This is where strategies fail all the time. And, and it's just not good enough. You know, there, there's, there's Gallup data out there that says that 70% of the workforce is somewhere between indifferent and disengaged about their job, meaning we had best punch in and punch out, right? And, and that's, that's not good enough for two reasons. One is, from a productivity standpoint, it's just silly, right? It just doesn't get, get you the most. But then also from a, from a, it's a bit of a human travesty, just from a, from a moral obligation, right? We, for us to have workplaces where, where, where 70% of us, you know, don't want to really be at the place where we spend most of our time is, is kind of a travesty and, And we were really passionate about changing that, right, changing that trajectory and finding better ways to connect people in a meaningful way to their workplace and come up with some really creative breakthrough methods to do that. And so that's that's sort of that passionate fight we've been fighting for the past 20 years because
0: we we, we know there's a better way. And I – so – I know there's. I, I agree, yeah. I and mean, we all know there's a better way. And, and part of it's just obviously finding the right fit for your organization and and and, and that change. And I so in, as, in asking this question, I know it's going to vary from organization to organization, also yeah. size of company and industry. But what are some of the common themes that you find are reasons for this breakdown you're talking about?
1: Yeah, great great question. So. Uh, the, the, at, at the highest level, you know, if you, if you start at the the, the leadership, but we often see that there is a a lack of conviction and shared meaning around the strategy itself, right? And when when I say lack of shared meaning is, we might be all looking at the same 50 page PowerPoint and we're sort of nodding agreement, but when we really get into details of what it means and how it impacts our jobs, we all have different interpretations that are based that that are biased by our functional perspective or business unit perspective or whatever that is, and that that really gets in the way and creates really inconsistent execution, right? So that's one. Um, but the second one is that often the behaviors we see um, do not match what the strategy requires, right? So we want to be more innovative, yet it's really difficult for us to have truthful conversations or to, 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 to tolerate failure. Or So there's often a disconnect between the culture and the behaviors that are tolerated and then what the strategy seeks, and that tends to break down uh, quite a bit. And then and lastly, if I had to pick one more, I'd say that the the gap that i talked about so so how do we make sure it's the the the, the ten thousand really understand what we're trying to do and and intellectually and emotionally really feel a connection to what we're trying to create um and and that doesn't get done well right often it gets down through a, a powerpoint presentation or a webcast or something gets shared via email and we then wonder why nothing is changing and so we we often have an inability as leaders as organizations to reach the hearts and minds of our people effectively uh, and if, if you know, change starts with the heart, right? And so if, if you don't reach the heart, the mind won't follow. And, and, and that's a, kind of a frequent flaw we see in, in, in lots of organizations and, and how lots of leaders process and think about change.
0: That's awesome. Uh, so, Rich, if somebody's listening to this and they want more information on Root Inc. or to uh, follow up with you, what's the best way for them to reach out?
1: Yeah, the the easiest way is probably just to go to the website, and there's lots of resources and, and things that, that you can use without ever having to talk to us again, but we obviously love to talk to anybody, but it's www.rootinc.com, R-O-O-T-I-N-C.com. Uh, you'll find my contact information, and there's 170 or so us or anybody else and lots of resources. That's probably the best way to, to find out more and to, to access some of the resources that that dive a little bit deeper into what we just talked about.
0: Oh and I you know I, I almost almost forgot to mention uh, so tell us a little bit more about your book what are your blind spots
1: Oh yeah the the what are your blind spots the five story we just uh, McGraw Hill just published that and this is really sharing our 20 years of experience of working with executives and it's really the the blind spots around about purpose around story around engagement around trust and around truth um, uh, which which are some of those barriers that we talked about that get in the way of, of leaders being the best version of themselves, where even with the best of intentions, they often have uh, a somewhat flawed or misinformed belief about how to how to really do these things well. And the book explores that and essentially shares lots of stories uh, on the past uh, 20 years that kind of we've learned, uh, uh, the, the, the lessons learned in the field.
0: That's awesome. And where can people get that?
1: Uh, easiest is uh, go to amazon.com it'll it'll be there it should also be in your local bookstore but i think these days most of us uh you know uh you use use good old amazon to, to access our books and you'll 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 certainly find it there
0: that's awesome so yeah definitely go out there and get that it's called what are your blind spots uh by rich baron so awesome there Um, Well, Rich, hey, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today and sharing more about your background and all the great things you got going on over at Root Inc. And to the audience, as always, really appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Don't forget, if you got a lot of value out of this, which I hope you did, uh, subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Rich, thanks again for coming on. Thank you.